Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Back to the seventh inning stretch, everyone. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Armando Angulo, and as always, I'm joined by Justin Wells. We've had a lot of stuff happen in the major league since uh, we were last together, from no-nos to, you know, PEDs to surprise teams. So, Justin, how you doing, man? Doing all right. You sound a little under the weather, Armando. Yeah, a little bit, man, but I'm uh, finding a little bit of a cold, but I'll be okay. Nice. Better fight that off by next weekend. Oh, I will, man. It's probably the tail end. I, yeah, yesterday was my worst day, so I, I'm feeling a ton better. All right, good, because otherwise I'm putting you on a diet of chicken soup and green tea. Oh, I'll be doing that anyway, just to make sure, man. Nice. So, uh, let's talk about, let's get into it. D. Gordon, 80 games for a steroid combination. Uh, won last year's batting title. A, a no doubt, very, very good player. But it, it it brings up that ugly conversation around PEDs and baseball again. And effectively what you're seeing now is that the rules that they made, you still have people getting caught, which means that they're still in the game. So how big an issue do you still think PEDs are in the sport? I mean, PEDs are going to be an issue, I think, always in baseball and really in, in sport in general. Uh, I think people are always going to try to get a leg up, especially with all the supplements and stuff that are out. I think it's easy to, A, you know, take something unknowingly, I guess, and, and B, you know, there's so much out there that it's easy to try to find something that, that can get masked or go under the radar and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's a big deal still in baseball as, as it is in most sports. I think, uh, you know, Chris Calabello was caught, caught in this same yeah. situation too. I just think this is a bigger deal, obviously, because, you know, of the profile of D Gordon, two time all star, you know, batting, batting champ. Uh, you know all the things that come along with that, and the great season that he had, and 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 you know it's a sh- it's interesting. You know Barry Bonds gets into town, and then all of a sudden things like this happen. I'm not saying you know make of that what you will. Oh, I'm I'm just now going to go on record as saying Armando Angulo is accusing Barry Bonds of bringing drugs to the Florida Marlins. To just run. check his bag, man. All I'm saying is check his fanny pack. No, no, I, I mean I agree. It, there's there's no the the problem is that the players' association will never allow for someone to have as much of an example made of them again as they as what happened to a rod so like the whole punishment slash deterrence thing uh it, it's not going to work the uh fact is d gordon's still going to get paid a lot of money and he's going to get paid a lot of that money because uh you know how much that's due to the performance enhancing drugs we don't know but until there's kind of like the forfeiture of salaries which will never happen because of the players association it's going to be part of the game the stakes are too high for some of these guys as far as I can be making a life-altering amount of money. So I, I maybe, I'll, maybe I will take something. Right. And do you think, dude, that this is really opening, you know, uh, the eyes of people and maybe drawing the attention to some players that might not have drawn that type of attention before? I mean, we're used to the big, burly power guy, you know, getting caught up in these kinds of situations. Or maybe the guy, the cusper, the quadruple A player that, that, that needs to just barely make the roster. But D. Gordon, we've seen is a proven major leaguer. Uh, he, he, and, you know, he has come leaps and bounds, uh, since, you know, 
since his time with the Dodgers. So I, I, I could see all these questions arising. But do you think like this is really going to bring, you know, a shadow to other players of, of his ilk that aren't exactly the big, strong guys? You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's and that's where I don't know. Because, I mean, Gordon is what he's going to hit maybe tops four or five home runs in a season. Right, right. Like for him, that's putting the ball and two of those will be inside the Parkers. But uh, for him, it's just putting the ball in play and running. I mean, if if we're seeing that there are so many different, you know, ways to enhance your performance stats where it's not just, oh, take these and you'll hit 500 foot home runs all the time. That's a good point. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a very good point. I think we're very used to uh, just a cookie cutter you know, type of athlete for this steroid or for this PED user. And, and this is really showing that you can really break the mold and it, it can be anybody actually. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that we got to get used to inside of like, you know, the base in the baseball world is if you look at some of the other like big doping violations that have been caught in the world, things like cycling, not the biggest guys, like, you know, they're doing, obviously they're doing different kinds of things for endurance rather than muscle mass, but still, that helps, and you wouldn't be shocked to see some, you know, some of the cycling type of things being adopted in, you know, trying to get someone ready to play through an 162 game season because that's a grind. And then you also have uh, other things like, you know, Olympic sprinters like Ben Johnson. You know, he, uh, they were, you know, they were taking steroids just to get faster as well too. So it's not only always going to be about power, and I think that that's something that people definitely need to get used to. Yeah, that's a very good point, man. And how do you think this ultimately affects uh, the Marlins and affects D. Gordon, you know, his career in the long run, really? I don't think it affects D. Gordon's career in the long run at all, um, because I think if he comes out of it, he's going to be given the chance to play. And if he plays well, he's going to people will get some, you know, people will give him the benefit of the doubt. The only thing it's the only thing it would really cost him would be, you know, consideration to go to the Hall of Fame and, you know, no, don't take this the wrong way. Any huge D. Gordon fans, D. Gordon is a nice player. He's not a guy who should be in a Hall of Fame conversation. No, I agree with that. I mean, he's had maybe two really, really, really good seasons at the age of 28. So I, I can, I, I agree with you 100%, man. He's a, he's a quality player. He's an all-star caliber player. But Hall of Fame, I think, is absolutely going to be just out of his reach. Yeah, and that's and that's the only, that's where the whole conversation really goes in. Now, if he tests positive again and gets, you know, the lifetime ban like Henry Mejia, then obviously it's a different, then it's a totally different story. But a guy like Colabello, like, you know, he'll, he'll face more suspicion than a guy like Gordon because Colabello is that quadruple A player who's, you know, got himself into a good major league lineup. And people always have that suspicion of, well, was it the juice? And that's, and that's, and because also his game is more based on popping the ball out of the park. Right. No, I was thinking the same thing. And actually, I wanted to ask you about still on the D. Gordon issue. Like, you know, D. Gordon's a legacy player. His dad, you know, Flash, has been, was in the league for a long, long time. And his, his younger brother, Nick, has just recently been drafted, you know, first overall by, by the Twins as well. So uh, how do you think that affects their legacy as a whole, the Gordons as a whole? I think his brother is going to have a cloud hanging over him. And I think his father is always going to, I think his father is just going to have like slight bits of shame from that older generation of, Oh, we were so pure when we played the game. They weren't, it was total bullshit. They were all amped up on amphetamines, but uh, you know, that's going to be the, uh, the nostalgic slash future view of it. It's it sucks for the both of them. It sucks for all three. It's, it sucks because of the suspicion, the reputational damage to his father. And then the suspicion for his brother that, you know, he's just another juicer clone. Yeah, I think that's going to be probably the worst part of this is is the outcome that it has on the whole Gordon legacy. Because Tom played forever, you know what I mean? He had a, such a long career, and this is only going to bring more attention to that and how he was able to do that so successfully, you know. So it's a bit of a shame, to be quite honest. I mean, I've always wanted to see D. Gordon succeed, but I think under these circumstances, it kind of, uh, it really caught a lot of us uh, by surprise that have, really watch his career for quite some time now yeah well that's also i think part of the, fun, the thing of it like you and i have made no secret that we don't care about the moralizing that goes on with uh people's testing positive for steroids but still nonetheless like from an objective pers- objective situation it does make it difficult to root for a guy yeah exactly exactly man it does because even though like like you said we don't care per se it it, it still taints it it still make leaves a sour taste in your mouth and and, and you still don't want you don't, you don't want that attached with your name man especially when you're such 
you know, a high-profile player like D. Gordon, and you really have more to lose than than like we said, a Chris Colabello, man, because D. You know, he he had a t- he has so much money. Just signed that deal, like you said, he's not going to lose anything if 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 he comes back clean and stuff. So. It, it's just the union has done a phenomenal job for baseball and, and we've seen how strict they've been, you know, uh, it's just the union is always going to protect the greater good. So we've seen that in, in many instances, not just in, in this type of situation. So I just think until that changes, until, you know, they're like you said earlier, they're, they're willing to give some money back or stuff like that. This is going to be a problem with the game forever. Yeah. The, and, and the baseball union, I mean, the person that they made their biggest case on protecting was Alex Rodriguez, the, probably the least liked player in baseball. Yeah, because of, he is he is universally by other baseball players and the union the least liked player in the game. Right, they went right. out. Of the, they went out on their neck to protect him. A guy like D. Gordon is going to get all the protection possible then because D. Gordon is by all by all accounts, you know, a, a well a well liked and thought of player. Exactly. Well, dude, let's let's move on to another player who's who's seemingly had you know, a, a bit of a meteoric rise in his career. And then that's uh, Jake Arrieta. Uh, he's also have come under a little bit of scrutiny and a little bit of, you know, people whispering that there may be PEDs involved with him, but he just threw a no hitter again. And, and he's been an absolutely dominant, dominant pitcher. Um, I know you're not exactly sold on Arietta as the best pitcher in baseball, like we've heard on TV and like we've heard about stuff. I've heard your take on this, but what are your thoughts on Arietta? His no hitter, you got to be impressed. And, and these whispers of PEDs, man. I'm extremely impressed by him. I think the no hitter again was extremely was he was extremely dominant in it. I mean, usually in a no hitter you are, so it's like you know re, re, uh, stating the obvious. But he's been just the rise has been so mediocre, and he was just working from so much mediocrity. Some of it could have been that he found like the right pitching coach situation because if you look, you know that's happened in the past. Look what happened with any pitcher who went to the Braves and started working with Leo Mazzoni. Or any pitcher who went to the Cardinals and started working with Dave Duncan, you, you, it was like shaving a run off of your ERA just from stepping foot in the building. Um, I don't know off the top of my head who the Cubs pitching coach is. I don't know, and I don't know that I've actually seen anybody else develop under him. But whatever Arietta is doing is is unreal. And if it's down to coaching and it's not down to PEDs, it's amazing. Would I be shocked if there are PEDs involved? No, but I, excuse, I wouldn't be shocked if PEDs were involved with anybody. Um, I, I I find it amusing that he is flattered by it, and you know, and that's the type of thing where I think that the guy's probably clean or he's taking something that's undetectable. If he is, because if you if you uh, you know the suspicion was out there like that at this point, you wouldn't invite the testing. No, I, I think you know you're making a very valid point. As much as you can say that Arietta takes care of his body, which is very much you know you can see that he does, and he really you know, takes care of himself. Uh, like you said, man, all these questions about the, their, their pitching coach, Chris Basio is who it is. And, and, and in all honesty, man, like you said, you usually expect the reputation in developing guys like this, or, or you see another younger player develop. And we haven't seen the Cubs staff, anybody develop, like you said, man, only Arietta. Uh, Lester's actually regressed and we've seen a little bit of more regression there. And, and it, so I, I, I mean, your questions are valid. I'm not trying to accuse Jake Arrieta of anything, just like you're not. I mean, it wouldn't be fair, per se, but it does raise suspicion, especially in the climate that, that, that baseball finds itself in. Yeah, and it's also, I, I get suspicious over guys who um, throw 97 and 98 more than I get suspicious over a guy like Arietta who throws, you know, low 90s. But for him, it looks like it's just been the development of a devastating off-speed pitch. That's really the key there. Um, he pit, you know, gets off his fastball to the spots he needs to. It's hard enough, and he gets off, and he, and then he throws you that like spike knuckle curve that you're just not going to hit. Now, I do. I think he's the best pitcher in the game. No, because I think Clayton Kershaw is. Right, right, and I think that's just you know he's proven that year in year out, and then I mean today he pitched another gem, and and Clayton is is in the league of his own. I I, I agree with you on that. Um, uh, and, and the thing about Clayton is you've never had any sort of suspicion about Clayton. He's been consistent since he's came up. His stuff has just improved, but uh, it's never came out of nowhere. You know what I mean? He's steadily improved to this point. And, and, and uh, I mean, the consistency is what makes him as impressive as he's been. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I mean, and that's the thing. It's, it's doing it year in and year out. Arietta has basically had this run for, it's been his last 20 regular season starts with this level of dominance and dominance has really asserted itself. It's one of the best runs I've ever seen from a pitcher, but 
it, I need to see it a lot longer before I'll give him the belt of best pitcher in the game, just because of the fact that there's Arietta and there are other pitchers who over the, the same time period have been every bit as dominant as well. Uh, you know, fuck, there's three of them in the Mets staff who've done that. Yeah, no, for sure, dude. Let, let me give you some of these splits. This is his eighth year now in the league. So he's played four in Chicago, four in Baltimore, uh, you know, his win percentage, let's just break this down to people that aren't too familiar. His win percentage with the Cubs, 759, and that's 72 starts. His win percentage with Baltimore, 444 in 63 starts. So we see a huge win percentage gap. His ERA, 217 with the Cubs, dude, it jumps to 546 with his time in Baltimore. So we're talking about vast differences, dude. We're not talking about small increments of improvement, you know, adjustments. We're talking about vast, vast, vast. Uh, it's basically two different pitchers. That's three and a half runs a game, dude. Yeah, I mean, and going look. So t- let's try to strip away some of the factors that would that would that, that should be taken into account. Half run automatically from going from the AL to the NL. You have to you have to accommodate for that just because you know effectively end up pitching to a full game of pitchers in the in, in the NL over the course of years in over the course of a season. So or more than one game full of pitchers. So take away that half run. You're trying to go for um trying to counter for like park factors. Baltimore hitters park, Chicago hitters park. So nothing there. I can't think of anything else that would then explain this. You're stripping away two two attributes there, but there's that's it. Yeah, and then then if you think about it, his endurance is is up incredibly complete games six for the Cubs zero in his entire career with Baltimore his innings pitch I know he's had a few more starts but he's almost he's over 120 innings more in his career with Chicago so we're seeing his endurance improve man so I mean I think his strikeouts 472 to 277 that, that's yeah, 200 I mean, more strikeouts dude in in, in not in 10 more starts yeah, I mean, the only way we'll ever know is if he ever tests positive for PEDs, but it's it's such a stark and meteoric rise for a guy late in his career. And look, it could be he just put it all together, but it could also be something else, and that suspicion's honestly probably not going to leave him. Yeah, and that's the thing. We live in a climate that you don't necessarily have to be found guilty. Uh, you know, association and, and, and suspicion really has seemed to be enough in the court of public opinion in baseball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... My, one of my favorite players ever was kept out of the Hall of Fame just due to acne on his back that was reported by a New York Times reporter. So, you know. Yeah, exactly, man. They, it, it, it's, that's how those things go now. Yeah, no, that's the case, man. But, but I mean, I, I don't see – but, okay, now let's phrase it in this way. Do you see Arietta slowing down anytime soon? No. No? No, me neither. No. I think he's going to keep this up, uh, if not this year, at least as long as his health allows him to, really. Yeah, the only thing I can see happening is just, you know, if he gets hurt, then, uh, but the way he's pitching, it's just, it's remarkable. And he looks, he has such a good, smooth, clean delivery that it looks like he's not going to get hurt. Yeah, exactly. His mechanics are, are pretty flawless. That, 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 yeah, that you can't argue no with that. Motion. You there's can't no argue with that. Motion. But all right, all man, right. let's, let's move forward a little bit. Uh, uh, Let's talk about a little bit of a surprise, too. And the, 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 you know, we'll start in the NL West. We have a couple surprises. We'll start in the NL West. Uh, everybody's shit, bro. Yeah, I think the surprise there is that the, the, the Rockies aren't as terrible as I thought they'd be yet. And the Giants and Dodgers aren't as good as we thought they'd be yet. Like, I, I, saw, the Giants, I saw the Giants play against the Mets, too, at th- you know, three games this weekend. The Mets take two out of three. The Mets pretty soundly beat them in the first two. And then, you know, in the Bumgarner-Cindergard matchup today, Giants-Bumgarner uh, was, you know, was Bumgarner. And Cindergard was did not have his best stuff. But, you know, other than that, I'm not very impressed by this team. I'm not impressed by the Dodgers and what they're doing right now, I'm especially their bullpen. Oof, I am not impressed by that bullpen. No, that's uh, probably the sorest... Uh... Probably the worst bullpen right now. I, I mean, I say this with a bias, I guess, but for me, the way I've seen it day in and day out, the Dodgers' bullpen is the least reliable bullpen in the bigs right now. I, I don't agree with you that it's the least reliable, but it's up there. The Reds' bullpen is a dumpster fire. Well, that's a valid point. I tend to forget about Cincinnati from time to time. Yeah, that bullpen is a dumpster fire. It's awful. Uh, you know, seen, I've seen them blow like eight leads already this season. That, that You can't have that this early. 
Yeah, no, for sure, dude. And, and about the West, do you see it? This parody going on for the whole season, dude. I mean, I'm surprised that that you know the Dodgers and Giants haven't just ran away with it by now. And 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 I mean. The Rockies, like you said, surprisingly not as bad. The Diamondbacks are a little worse than I think both of us kind of anticipated. I think Grinky's start has been, uh, I mean, putrid. for putrid. me, for me, it's been great, but as a whole, yeah, it's been putrid. Like, not what you expect with the amount of money that you put into that. You know what I mean? And the Padres, well, they're going to be the Padres. I stayed, up, I stayed up to watch a Grinky start, uh, the, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, where he got lit up and it was just, he couldn't find his location. Like every single thing that Zach Granke does well, mixing it, the mixing in that curveball, hitting corners, like he, he wasn't doing them. And Granke, you know, for a guy who used to throw 95, 96, he sits like 91, 93 right now. And if you're not finding your spots, that ball, a 91 mile an hour fastball drifting over the middle of the plate to a major league hitter is, you know, uh, is a recipe for a short outing. Yeah, man, and not to mention he's not at Dodger Stadium no anymore. He's not at that ballpark. I know Arizona's a big park, but it's a hitter's ballpark nonetheless, man. Yeah, it's, the ball is so dry there. It, it's because the air is so dry, the ball just flies. It's desert air. Yeah, exactly. So I think a lot of things are actually playing against him and playing against the Diamondbacks as a whole. I mean, they they got off to a rough start, man. A, AJ Pollock missing the season is. It, I mean, it, it was it was. You know, it was destined to start off poorly for them. But, you know, the only hope that they really had was a, a hot start from their staff and, and Grinky, and, and, and he's just failed to produce. And Shelby Miller hasn't been any better either. Absolutely. That's a very good point, man. I think it's their staff as a whole really has disappointed, man. Yeah, and I think Shelby Miller, now you have to look with, you know, look, and obviously, look, it's a really short-term view, and it's only a month into the season. But you look at what they gave up to Atlanta for Shelby Miller, and – you have to question it, and it, it has to irritate me as a guy who's going to see all those prospects play in the division of the team he roots for, but that's a steep price to pay for a guy who's not very good. Yeah, yeah, he's proven that. He's proven himself to be not that good. I mean, he could obviously turn around because we've seen him have glimpses, but, I mean, if this is what and the Diamondbacks... only May 1st right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean... If the if this is what the Diamondbacks paid for and gave up for the, some of these guys, and uh, it's going to be a long, long uh, couple seasons in Arizona, man. And I want to talk about something else in this division, which is that Giants rotation gets a lot of you know love for the Bumgarner, Cueto, and Jeff Samarja, who's actually pitching well. But the back end of the rotation, any way in which you go, Jake Peavy, Matt Kane, and then I guess if one of them goes down, Chris Heston coming to pitch in that rotation, that's a bad back end. PV is PV is running on the fumes of a major league career. Uh, you know, when you're a guy who comes into the league and your big thing is you throw a rocket fastball to spots and you lose that fastball and you never develop anything else, it's it's difficult to get guys out. Yeah, I, I mean, PV, I think got got you know got away with for a lot of time of his career for the movement on his fastball and, and his you know competitive spirit, his competitive nature. But that can only get you so far, man. Once you lose that velocity, that zip, uh, you can't you know major league hitters are going to catch up to you. And and, and we were we're seeing that. Matt Cain is kind of in the same boat. You know, Matt Cain had some great stuff, uh, but he lost a little bit of velocity. Matt Cain is the pitcher that he is, and if their control isn't spot on on their day, uh, the Giants are going to struggle, man. Uh, in, yeah. in the, they, they're putting a lot of eggs in that front end of that rotation, and rightfully so. I mean, Bumgarner's going to get his wins. Uh, you know, uh, Samarja is going to be hot and cold as usual. Um, and, and, and Cueto, what they're getting from Cueto is more than what I expected them were going to get. So if they could continue to get that, I just feel like uh, it's going to be a battle of bullpens and it's going to be a battle of, of, of rotations from them and the Dodgers. And, and the Dodgers really aren't finding their, their feet either. So it's it's... <laughs> It's it's surprising to me that neither one of these teams ha is five games up on the other because uh, they're both in, uh, shockingly well, they both, bad they right both, now. They both kind of stink. Yeah, I mean the Dodgers three and seven in their last ten, and and uh, you know to be top of your division after a three and seven stretch is is pretty embarrassing. Yeah, I mean especially also when it's just May first. Yeah, exactly. But I mean with the Dodgers, you have there are some things to like about the Dodgers right now. Uh, you know they're getting production all over the all over the board in the lineup right now. Uh, their pit their rotations pitching well. I mean, Meda is a very very solid major league pitcher. That's the one thing that's definitely coming to the fore. He's been impressive, incredibly impressive. His makeup, uh, everything about him. We saw him hit a, a you know a home run in his debut as well. Meda has been probably the most. Uh, 
the most positive thing that we've had going on for the Dodgers this year and kind of a pleasant surprise because we heard that he had some arm issues in the past and we heard that, you know, he, he, he could have a tendency of breaking down due to these issues, but we've seen nothing but, but some quality starts from him. And I think, you know, Dave Roberts, if nothing else, he is managing the staff. Well, I think he's managing the pitches count, pitch counts early. He's managing the innings for some of these guys who aren't as experienced, but it's just costing us that our bullpen can't fucking hold the lead to save their lives, man. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty brutal. And then just, you know, briefly on the Padres, that team, is going to be one of the worst offensive teams in baseball this season. Yeah. They struggle so much to score. They, they do. Uh, you know, surprisingly, their only bright spot has been Matt Kemp. It looks like his shoulder's finally healthy, and he's, he, he's able to drive the ball pretty well. He he made us pay, uh, you know, the last couple of days, and it seems like he's he's he, he's actually uh, swinging a hot bat, and that, that's good to see. And, 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 and really, you know, for the Padres to have any hope to even get to 500 this year, I really think that him and Will Myers are, are going to have to have huge years. Yeah, which I, I just don't see it. I, I don't see the team at finishing anywhere near 500. No, I don't see it either, man. I, 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 you know, them and the Rockies, as hot as, I guess, as good as the Rockies have been, I really don't see them getting to 500 this year either. I do, however, really look forward to seeing the Padres park in person next weekend. Yeah, that's going to be uh, two of us. So, uh, yeah, I mean, inform the people what's going on, dude, since we've already so, kind of... Uh... So, next next weekend, uh, because of my my lack of desire to actually go on vacations with my girlfriend. Not really. We actually are going on vacation someplace. We haven't figured that part out yet, but one of my friends and I decided that'd be a good idea to fly out to the West coast for a weekend Mets series. The Mets happen to be playing in San Diego next weekend. So Armando and his brother Guillermo will be making the drive down from LA to San Diego to go to the uh, game on Saturday night with uh, yours truly. So we'll uh, we'll actually know what the other person is like in the flesh. It'll be very strange. It will, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be strange looking at you talk to me. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little weird. Uh, nah, I'm, I'm I'm pretty much I'm really looking forward to it. Also, underst- as I understand, the stadium has multiple different pizza port stands, which I, I haven't eaten pizza port, but I've heard that pizza port is kind of like just the shit. Yeah, man, it's a, you're you're not gonna be disappointed. I don't think. Yeah. So, on that note, switching over to other surprise teams, what do you think about the Chicago White Sox? Dude, the Chicago White Sox, I am going to like just give them a standing ovation for what they've done so far, because I could have swore that they were going to be the shittiest team in the Central due to all the off-season drama with this LaRoche thing, and, and they just, I don't know what the fuck is going on or what's in the water, but the White Sox, their staff is 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 really good right now, and, and they're driving in runs, man. The White Sox seem to be the hottest team in baseball right now. What's really amazing, too, is they're scoring all these runs, and neither Todd Frazier nor Jose Abreu is hitting. Right, and like I think neither of those guys are going. Uh, and, yeah, and that's and that's they're getting so much production from every place. Um, and I mean, between Matt Latos and Chris Sale, th- those two have started off the season at nine and zero. Yeah, I mean, there you go. And like you said, those two big bats haven't even gotten hot, and that's what's been so surprising. Is I think you and me really didn't expect this team to be able to score this many runs. We thought they were going to struggle to to put the ball in play with any kind of authority, except for those big guns and. and and th- and we're totally, you know, caught off guard because it's totally the opposite of that situation. Yeah, I mean, they're they're right now. I think they're getting positioned to just keep tacking on games too, because their only real competition in the Central, the Royals, are not particularly hot. Yeah, no, the Royals have been scuffling a little bit, especially in their last ten games. They've, you know, they've lost six, and 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 and, and yeah, man, if, if the Royals. I mean, if the White Sox can keep this up and can stay consistent, uh, you know, the Royals already have four games to make up. I know the season's early, but, uh, you know, you can't give up that much ground. Games matter now as much as they do in August and September, man. So they really, you know, got to get it in gear if the White Sox are going to continue this, this, you know, towards, I mean, this, you know, hot stretch of, of baseball, man. I mean, I don't see the White Sox cooling down. They won again today 7-1. to one. It's really been a really... T- big team effort and I don't know if this LaRoche thing really spurred them on to to you know come together and 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 do what they're doing but Robin Ventura does have to be commended for the job that he's doing with the White Sox under all those circumstances yeah I mean he would be my Robin Ventura would be my way too early picker AL manager of the year way too early way too early early. (laughs) (laughs) but no I mean I just didn't I mean I didn't think that this team was going to have anything 
Uh, sticking in the Central, one other team that I'm extremely disappointed with, the Indians. Uh, rotation's just not pitching as well as it needs to. Carrasco now going to the DL. Corey Kluber's gotten roughed up a few times. Danny Salazar's actually looked okay, but the whole the, the the rotations really just not come together as much as it's as talent bears, and they're not hitting. Yeah, they're not hitting, and they have the worst home record in the American League with only three wins at home. You know, that's that's surprising. That's not going to get it done. You got to make home, you know, your home field your fortress, and and uh, it's kind of a shame, man. Because we expected a lot from this rotation. We expected a lot from these arms. And, and you know, pre, prior to the season, we were talking about them possibly being one of the better rotations in the American League. And, and, and it's kind of disappointing to see where they are and them, uh, you know, sputtering and scuffling. But, you know, they got to just turn it around. They, they have a ton of talent, and I think they can do it. But they are definitely find themselves in a, in a pretty tough hole. And, and like I said, three wins at home isn't going to cut it, man. You got to really uh, have your home field advantage going for you. And you got to win your home games in order to... Uh, to compete, in, 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 you know, in the bigs this, this, at this time. And then we're seeing the same type of issue to, to change your divisions a little bit. But the Astros, you know, the Astros have only won eight games. They're really sputtering, really scuffling. We expected a lot more from the Astros. And, and they're struggling to win at home with only four wins. So, but, but then again, the Astros are struggling to win away, too, with, uh, with equaling that with four wins. So it's just one of those things, man. I, I think that uh, the Indians and the Astros would be my surprise teams in the negative. Yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to agree with you. Um, particularly, I mean, there are those two are the two that are that I'm most surprised negatively about. Also, the Yankees getting off to as bad a start as they would. I thought that they would at least be around 500, or, or you know, could flirt with that. But this team, it, it looks like all the age and bad money's finally caught up with them. Yeah, man, like, and and and, and I, I, I mean, there's not even that many bright spots there. Starling Castro had a, had a hot start per se, but other than that, nobody's really hitting the ball. Uh, Chase Headley is an abomination. Uh, in that lineup, he's hitting like 160. It, it's just bad, man. It's bad. I'd rather be an Astro fan than a Yankee fan. At least the Astros, it's the problems of youth. I mean, going back to the Astros, the one thing that's been the real issue is the rotation, especially two guys who they were depending on in Keuchel and then Colin McHugh have been terrible. Yeah, and, and the Astros, I mean, as good as they are or have been in the past couple of years, it's only, you know, as far as those arms are going to take them, man. That, that, they really need to ride their horses, and their horses are really letting them down. Yeah, they're, they're a surprise, surprise team. Uh, some teams that you're not, that I wasn't surprised on, though, I just want to briefly talk about how uh, you had higher hopes for the Minnesota Twins than I did. I knew this was coming. And uh, I think, and, and this is a, you know, a way too early. I was right on the Twins being terrible. So they're 10 and a half games out. You're saying they don't have a chance? I, I, 10 and a half games out by May 1st. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they don't have a chance. They just, there's so much, so much wrong with this team. They don't pitch. They don't hit. Have you they seen don't Mi field. Have you seen Miguel Sano play in the outfield? It's, it's not something I enjoy seeing. It sucks, but, man. It sucks. I, I've, I've, I've been only tuning in to, to Twins games specifically just when Sano has been at bat. That's all I. That's really the only thing that's worth watching on this team, and that hasn't been that awesome yet. He is turning it around. He started. He's starting to come around. Yeah. No. Offensively, yes. But oh god, when they stick him in right field or left, and you see, oh, it's it's a circus out there, man. His routes to the ball. Oh, I just feel for the kid. You know, like I know you want to get his bat in the lineup, but uh, that's got to affect his confidence a little. I think. Yeah, well, I also think that they've started to make a conservative effort to move him to third base, especially when Trevor Plouffe went down. Just moving him to third was uh, something that they really, really needed to do just to get him you know, in a familiar spot on the diamond. I mean, these guys are all human. So if, once they start doubting themselves in the field, they start doubting themselves behind the plate. There you go, man. That's absolutely true. Uh, you know, and then baseball is a game of failure. You fail seven out of ten times, and you're a Hall of Famer, man. So it's one of those things. But you do have to feel comfortable in the box. You have to feel comfortable in what you're doing. And, and, and then when we've seen his bat heat up a little bit, and like you said, it's not you know it's not too shocking that it's because he has been playing a little bit more third base. Yeah, absolutely. And oh, you know who's another positive? You know, who's a positive surprise team, the Philadelphia Phillies. We we should definitely talk about the Phillies, man. Uh, you know. Five games over 500, uh, nine and one in their last 10 games. Uh, you know, our friend Joseph Connors has got to be loving this right now. Absolutely. I don't see how it all how it's going to hold up. It's it, like so much of it's unsustainable because of the fact that they just, they, they, their starting pitching has been phenomenal. 
their bullpen, which is made up of a bunch of, you know, castaways, is doing a really good job. They just don't, I mean, they, they don't score runs. They, they've they been winning a lot of low-scoring games. And in my experience, young teams that win a lot of low-scoring games in April and May tend to start losing those games in June and July. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you, man. The Phillies, I don't think, can keep this going just for the fact that they're inexperienced and they are, you know, getting away with some of these close games. They're going to even themselves out as the season goes along, like you said. And then, and the National League East is a very competitive division with the Nats and the Mets, man. You know, they're going to beat up on each other and they're going to beat up on the Mets. I mean, on the, on the Phils. Uh, and then, you know, you have a lot of strong teams in the Central. I just don't see, you know, the Phils keeping up this type of pace, this white hot start that they've been on. Uh, they're going to fall back to, you know, to earth. And, and I expect them to be roughly, you know, a 500 season for, for the Phils will probably be a success. Yeah, absolutely. And I think and I think that basically right now, if I asked a few Phils, uh, Phils fans this morning who are friends of mine, if they would take 75 wins, given the start that they've had, they said, yeah, that's still where I see this. I, that's still where I see this ending. I mean, it's look, they're a young team. They don't they're they've got some really good talent. I think that they're in the right they're headed in the right direction. So that's really the best thing that they can hope for as a franchise. Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, with franchises that are rebuilding like the Phillies are or, or you know, like the Braves are trying to do or the Padres, sometimes all you really need to see are glimpses and, and some hope and know that you're moving in the right direction. The Phillies are probably the brightest team out of those teams we mentioned just because their young stars are showing a lot of promise and, and we're seeing that they can put it together. Uh, but, you know, it's a small sample size, obviously, and, and, and in the long term, you know, it's going to even itself out. But at least they're getting, you know, this confidence going early and hopefully they can, you know, ride it out and see how far it gets them but you know i'm with you man i don't think it's gonna last that much longer yeah, but, but it's still nice to see i mean not really for me but it's still nice to see. well yeah i mean at least we have it on record objective that you, yeah objectively. <laughs> yeah at least we have it on record that you uh gave the phil's a compliment so uh yeah, we could always go back to that nice to see. Yeah, <laughs> and then, i mean going through the rest of the nl going through the rest of the nl east um the nats and the mets are both are both what we thought they'd be yeah man how about how about how about neil walker though it, that's not gonna keep up no, he's, he's, he's pounding the ball. It's unsustainable to hit for, for him to hit for that much power. Yeah, absolutely. But Jesus Christ, bro. Well, I mean, I think part of it's the design of this Mets team. He's just seeing a lot of stuff he can hit because every single player that the Mets throw out there on a daily basis is capable of popping the ball out. And they've been showing that since yeah, slow start. And now since the slow start look like they're basically the same team they were after the all-star break last year, um, where they just, you know, if you, if a, Outside the elite pitchers, they're going to beat you up. Yeah, and, and I think a big part of that uh, is Chris. Uh, I mean, uh, is, is Michael Conforto. Michael oh, Conforto is coming into the lineup and, and getting a chance against the lefties and, and, and really cementing himself in the heart of that Mets lineup and, 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 and getting the trust of, of Collins. And it's really, he's, he's coming into his own, man. He, he's impressing the crap out of me. Oh, he's, he's a stud. He's, he's a phenomenal player. Uh, through the first month of the season, he actually had the highest percentage of hard balls and hard balls in play uh, in, in baseball, higher even than Harper, 30, 30.6% of his ball of the balls he was hitting were hardly were, were considered hard hit balls. I mean, he's a professional hitter. I also think it really helps uh, when you have Yoan assessment protecting you in the lineup. Oh yeah. You can't, uh, you know, Yo's a special, special man. And he, he, you know, I know he's special to you Mets fans. It's like you said, uh, it's like you told me, it, 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 you know, DMs and you were like, I hope we give Yo five one year deals because, you know, his contract year is, is, is his best year, it seems. Yeah. Contract year Cespedes is, is just a fucking marvel. I love it. Man, he's he's phenomenal, and, and it's good to see you know this battle between the Nats and Mets. It's gonna go all year. It's gonna be a heavyweight yeah, title fight. That's man. where I'm still not sold on the Nats because they had a hot start playing against Atlanta and Minnesota. Although they did kind of just take the Cardinals behind the woodshed this weekend. They they dropped a few games. Nobody on the team is really hitting outside Murph and Harper. Um, I don't see Murph hitting 390 for the rest of the season. I do, however, see Harper doing exactly what he's doing right now for the rest of the season. So it's just going to be a question for them of where do they start getting, uh, where do they start getting production out of the lineup? That's something that could dry up a little bit. And then also the other thing is uh, Jonathan Papelbon is not a particularly confident or good pitcher at the moment. Or human being for that matter. Yeah. That's a good segue to our next point. <laughs> Speaking of deplorable human beings, 
we're now going to address the horrific sack of shit that is Kurt Schilling. Can we just say, thank God, ESPN, it's about fucking time. Thank you. Like, yeah. this guy has been an asshat for far too long. Um, I, I'll let you explain the situation for, for you know, the, the British listener who's not too familiar with what might be going on with Kurt Schilling, but fuck Kurt Schilling, man. <laughs> so, Kurt Schilling is uh, rather outspoken politically, is the, is the most safe way of saying it. He um, likes to take shots at people and groups who can't defend themselves. Or, you know, just uses his pulpit to make political points that are just, you know, slightly to the right of Ted Cruz, which means they're pretty far to the right. But this particular time, he posted a meme that was very, 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 very insensitive to transgender population. Uh, Specifically, that's a hot button item in the United States due to the absurd laws passed in North Carolina around identification and bathrooms, meaning if you're male, but you identify as female, you use the men's room, right? So effective and vice versa. Uh, it's 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 a strange, strange law. I don't know why it needs to exist, but Kurt Schilling se- decided that he'd post a meme on this, uh, you know, basically calling out calling the law just and basically throwing a, a ton of mud at the entire transgender population. Not the first time he said something extremely controversial. He has also um, inflamed Muslims as well. Uh, around last year, ESPN suspended him. Now, the one thing that I want to say about uh, Kurt Schilling that doesn't even involve this particular thing and involves ESPN is I don't get why they had him employed in the first place because he has no real insight whatsoever. He is a terrible color commentator. Yeah, he's atrocious at commentating. Um, his opinion is fa- often you know, unwanted and unwarranted, like you said, with, with the things outside of baseball. And, uh, and even when he just spoke on baseball on TV, he sounded as though he was smug or better than you or talking down to you, the listener, instead of trying to just give the color the play-by-play and, and, and you know, have you feel w- welcome to the, the broadcast. He definitely usually would try to, uh, you know, talk down to the listener. And I don't know. Kurt Schilling just, uh, it's his arrogance is what, uh, cost him in the long run. I think that, that, you know, helped him as a pitcher, as a, on the professional level. But, you know, when you're, when you're talking about media and, and other things, I think, you know, he's failed at other businesses after baseball as well. And you can see why, man. His mentality is, is just fucked up, dude. Like, you can't be a successful businessman and not have common sense and know when to shut your damn mouth. Yeah, and you know what? There's another thing that's at play here for me, which is the whole thing of a lot of people say, you know, they don't want, they don't care where athletes or musicians stand on politics. I have no problem with athletes or politicians staying where they stand, provided that they don't do it in a cowardly manner. Posting a bunch of memes on your Facebook page is not what I would call, a, you know, specifically stating your beliefs in what I'd call a non-cowardly manner. I think that's the most cowardly thing possible. You're actually just circulating something inflammatory just to piss people off instead of just specifically stating, you know, why you do, why you agree or disagree with something. If Kurt Schilling had just used his ability, he used his platform to say, look, this law exists. This is why I agree with it. Um, and, and it done so at least with like the barest bit of respect for anybody else. I would say, you know what? I don't agree with him, but he's got a right to his opinion. But the way in which he's going about this doesn't like I can't say that at all. Right, because I mean, even in his quote-unquote apology or explanation, he still fucking blamed everyone and said, "Hey, if this offends you, it's your fault." Yeah, well, that's where and that's where ESPN's just got to tell him it's like, "No, Kurt, that's why we fired you." The fact is, your contract specifically states that if you're going to work for us, you have to do a small bit of what the company line says about not putting your political beliefs out there in such a manner. You know why? Because that's what that's the same contract that everybody basically signs, like. Did you have to have to sign a social media addendum to any of your any of your, like your work contracts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah, in the past, I yeah, have. Yeah, I have too. I have too. It's you, no employer wants you to sit there and, and like post like their business out there or associate your personal beliefs to them as a company because some people don't believe in the same way as the ethics of their company. ESPN, as a major sports broadcaster, probably. Uh, uh, and especially ABC News probably doesn't want to get drawn into a conversation where they're like, "Oh, well, we're we hate trans transgendered people." Absolutely, man. You're you're spot on on the topic. Hopefully, we never see uh, Kurt Schilling on our television ever again. Really. Yeah, and I also just have one thing on his entire political point of view that I don't get, which is his his rampant conservatism. 
but then he's fine to ask for a Rhode Island State bailout when the video game company he tried to fund that he started failed miserably. Like, that doesn't really jive. No, I hear you, man. I, I mean, the dude as a whole is, you know, he, he, you know, he's not to be trusted. He's a rat to begin with. So, you know, it's not shocking anything he tries to do to, 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 to get a leg up for himself. But, you know, it's just it's just deplorable, man. Yeah, so he's, he's um, well, let's make a pact. There's there's no more discussion of Kurt Schilling ever again on this podcast. Here, he here, bud. actually dead to us. Here, here. You got it. Fair. Great. Love it. <laughs> but all right, man, let's wrap up here. Uh, yeah. Let's go to our, uh, you know, our players, you know, the, the, our, our players of the week, as we like to do here. Uh, maybe we can go for two weeks if you'd like, but uh, I'll start with you, man, your National League player of the, of the week. Jake Arrieta. I'm actually surprised because you pitch a no hitter. You're my player of the week. Yeah, but your your Mets are so hot. My my player of the week actually is Conforto. Uh, he's hitting five thirty eight in his last seven, two dingers, ten ribbies. Uh, Michael Conforto has been on fire, man. Yeah, no, I, I got I got you. I just uh, I, I I have to give someone that much you know the credit that they uh, that they deserve when you pitch a no hitter. Fair enough, man. I I I I, I can't disagree with you. Yeah. So who do you have in the American that's, League? As far as an AL player of the week, I actually don't have one because I did not research that today. That's good. I like I like that you were prepared. I love it. Yeah, I, I you know, I really came into this one uh having done a lot. <laughs> okay, I'll tell I'll give you my uh I had two written down, so uh because just in case we got the same one, but Logan Forsythe for the for, for Tampa in the last seven, four forty average, two dingers, three ribbies. He's not gonna drive in a lot of runs, but four forty is four forty, bro. And uh, Victor Martinez, 481 in his last seven, uh, three dingers, nine ribbies. Victor Martinez has been an absolute stud this season. Five dingers, 18 RBIs. It's good to see his legs under him. He's, uh, I mean, it's just good to see him healthy and also the fact that he doesn't ever have to play another position in a game in the field again is also going to help him out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Victor Martinez, there was never any question with uh, about his bat, and uh, you know it was just a matter of him being able to stay healthy and keep his legs under him. And if he could stay like that this year, uh, you know, Victor Martinez is going to have a huge, huge season. Absolutely. I mean, and you you want to see that because you like seeing guys who are later on in their career have like you know one last shot at really producing and playing well. I I always like those stories, the guys who you know really turn it on at thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven for a year. No, I agree with you, man. It's part of the it's it's what it's part of the fun and the draw to baseball, man. Is you know careers can be pretty long, and and, and you know uh, you can have a bad year, but bounce back and really you know reinvent yourself later on in your career. And it, 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 it baseball is funny like that. It gives you a lot of chances to reinvent yourself, and it's good to see players actually uh, do that and adjust to their bodies and to the game. Speaking of adjusting to their bodies, looks like we're getting to see Bartolo Colon in person. Yes. Yes, I, I've been doing dances for rain outside. I've been doing everything and, and, and just hoping that we were going to get Noah or Bartolo, and I'm happy that we'll get Bartolo. Yeah, yeah, we're going to see Bartolo. He's a, he's, a, he's a joy to watch. Sweet, man. Sweet. I'm looking forward to that. Well, man, you got anything else for the, for, for the, for the fans here? No, nah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think next time we're going to be recording, it'll be after uh, we actually meet in person. So we'll tell you guys all about that, our fun adventure and, and, and uh, time in San Diego. I'm sure we'll take some photos and upload them to the Twitter page just so uh, you can recognize our faces as well. Um, and, assuming, and assuming that that didn't go well, Armando, it's been a pleasure to experience <laughs> with you. <laughs> No, I'm confident we'll stay friends, man. I'm confident this will keep going. Oh, man. But, yeah, from me and and Justin, everybody, uh, thanks again for listening. We'll we'll get back to you in a week's time. And and, and just enjoy your baseball. Enjoy your baseball. And and shoot us any questions you guys have uh, throughout the week, and and we'll get those answered after after we meet each other. Uh, But other than that, that's it for me, guys. Bye. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. 
they supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.